a new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hey everyone, before we get into the video, I wanted to mention something real quick. I've recently started streaming some video games on Twitch, so if that's something you might want to check out, please do. I'm trying to get my followers up, so if you want to just come hang out and maybe watch me play some games, maybe that could be fun. The link to my Twitch will be at the top of the description and in a pinned comment, or you can just go to twitch.tv slash southerncannibal. Really simple. I'm going to be playing a little bit of everything, so consider giving me a follow and maybe stop by and say hi sometime. Alright, I guess that's enough shameless promotion. Time to get into the stories. So last year, I had made a friend. Let's call her Lana. I met Lana at a mutual friend's house and she was honestly really cool. Or so I thought. We were both 11 years old at the time, and had become really close with Lana over the past few weeks. I was doing virtual school for the year, and she was in public school, so we didn't really see each other. She seemed normal enough, until she had started sharing some really weird stories with me. Some were about her dad being in a gang, and other things about her dad as well. Lana's dad really seemed to be kind of weird. For example... Lana's dad actually FaceTimed me at school one day, and I didn't answer. I thought it was weird, and definitely a red flag. I also wasn't allowed to see her at her house, so I went to meet her outside the local school. Before that though, her dad wanted to see a picture of me, just to make sure I didn't look weird. Again, I didn't really know what any of this meant, but it was very creepy and bizarre to me. I called her to let her know that I was there, and she said she was almost there as well. My mom parked the car. Still no one was there yet, and she had then said something that was kind of weird to me. Move the car up a bit. I want to go to the other playground behind the school. Now, there were three playgrounds at that school, and she was asking to go to the more secluded one. I didn't realize this at the time, but if she wasn't there yet, how the hell would she even know what playground I was at? Me and my mom waited for about five more minutes before we left, because we had somewhere else to be. I called Lana and told her, and she seemed to be okay with it. I didn't see her for months after that, until I went back to public school, and I saw her there. My mom and a few other people think it was an attempted kidnapping, and that maybe her dad was trying to kidnap me. I'm not really sure though. The story might not seem that creepy to others, 
But to me, this experience was extremely creepy, and I can't help but feel like I really dodged something very bad. This took place the summer of 2010. I remember it was a few days into my summer break. I was going away to Florida to be with my grandpa the week following, so my friends and I decided to hang out until it was time for me to leave. It was five of us, three girls and two boys. For this story, I'll call them Miguel, Denise, Maria, and Eric. Miguel and Denise were twins, as well as the oldest of us, being 15. Maria and Eric were both 14, and they were also a couple at the time, while I was the youngest, being 12. They babied me a lot since I was the only one still in middle school, while the others were already in high school. I remember it was a Thursday afternoon, around 3 or 4. We were sitting on Eric's couch and we'd been playing FIFA since school let out at 2.05pm. Just as Miguel was beating his sister's Manchester United with Liverpool, Eric then suggested we go to the park. We all agreed, bringing our soccer ball. The park was only about two blocks away from Eric's backyard. It had a nice-sized playground surrounded by climbable trees. There was a large field just a few yards away from the playground that my friends and I just always seemed to occupy. On the other side of the park was a baseball diamond for Little League and softball games, as well as practices. Though beside the diamond was a small graveyard and a very dense patch of woods. What I never thought was creepy until I got older was that there were small private cemeteries along the side of the park, separated by a tall metal gate. We tend to ignore it a lot since you can't really see it unless you try to. We start our little game. We played for about 30 minutes. My team down by one, when Maria being the most daring, says with an evil smirk on her face, Hey, let's hop the fence to that graveyard. Miguel and Denise then looked at her like she was out of her mind. Are you fucking crazy? What if an undertaker's walking around and we get caught? Miguel protested. Maria lightly shoved him. We're not gonna get caught. Just play it chilled. After a few minutes of persuasion, we were all in the same boat and began the five minutes towards the graveyard. The sky was starting to get dark at this time. We dropped our ball and walked over rotten branches to the tall gate. Eric was the first one over, being the tallest. Then it was Maria, then Miguel, then Denise. As mentioned before, I was the youngest, and I was also the smallest. I was also absolutely terrified of heights. When all of the others hopped over, I squeezed in through an opening at the bottom of the fence. We all started to wander around. Fifteen minutes later, Fireflies started to blink around us, and the air got sticky and muggy. The streetlights on the block started to come on, though none had really shined in the graveyard. But we still played around nonetheless, catching the bugs and putting them on each other. I, being the daring idiotic kid that I was, would do front flips off of gravestones. I know it was wrong, but we were kind of considered troublemakers in our neighborhood. We laughed and joked around until Maria suddenly stopped. Look, she says. Out in the far distance, behind a big thick tree, was something dark protruding from a small pile of leaves under the setting sun. It looked too weird to be a stick or an old log. I stole a glance at my friends, seeing the curiosity on their faces. Maria starts towards the mysterious object, 
determination in her steps. We all stayed behind, letting the girl explore. As she got closer, I could feel my nerves suddenly get bad, like something was just really wrong about this whole situation. Everyone watched as she slows a bit, then stops abruptly right in front of the tree. She stays still for a few seconds, then proceeded with caution. I look over at my friends, who are also watching attentively. We should go. It's getting late and our parents would really want us. I was suddenly interrupted by a loud, blood-curdling scream coming from where Maria had just ventured off to. Eric immediately starts running full speed towards her, and we all followed right behind him. My adrenaline was so high, I could hear nothing but the faintness of our crunching footsteps and my loud heartbeat. Eric then reaches her, looking at what she was looking at, and then backed up. He trips on a branch, falling backwards, eyes wide in utter fear while he stared at the scene. The others and I stopped before getting too close. Groaning and covering our noses, once an unbelievable putrid stench reaches our senses. What is it? Miguel had asked while pinching his nose to block out the strong odor. Eric slowly looks at us, body trembling. B-body, he says shakily, his skin looking pale in the little bit of daylight we had. Maria had turned her body away from whatever they were seeing, holding her stomach and retching loudly. I pushed past the other kids, keeping my eyes to the ground, and I then made my way to the frightened pair. What I then saw still haunts me to this day. The smell was stronger, almost making me throw up, but once my eyes processed what I was seeing, it's like I forgot how to function completely. It was the body of a black male, completely nude, with his parts missing, and his abdomen covered in multiple stab wounds. He was laying in an awkward position, His leg was bent at an unnatural angle, and his arms were broken through skin, folded behind his head. His face was covered in deep cuts, to the point of being unrecognizable. The wounds were infested with maggots, and his entire body was covered in blood. It seemed as if he had been here for days. I stood frozen, watching as maggots crawled on him and flies buzzing around the corpse. If I'm honest, I don't even remember if I was breathing. But before I knew it, I felt a really strong tug on my arm. Alto, let's fucking go. We gotta get out of here. Eric then shouts at me impatiently, nearly pulling my arm from its socket. I saw that the others had already taken off, Miguel throwing Maria over his shoulder and running off with her. Before I could even think to move my legs, Eric does the same thing to me. He takes off running as fast as he can. We run along the gate finding the opening that I had crawled through. Eric gets me to climb over the gate, our friends already on the other side. We ran all the way back to Eric's house. Eric hurries us inside and practically slammed the door shut before locking it. All of us were really scared and really struggling to catch our breaths. A few moments later, I then started crying and Denise consoled me as Miguel yelled at Maria, who looked weak from vomiting then running for 10 minutes. Maria just sat on the couch, staring blankly at the floor as the boy raged on. Bro, calm down. We're all scared here. Alto is worst off, and all of this screaming isn't helping her. Eric says, pushing the irate boy back. The older kids started trying to figure out what to do as Denise continued to comfort me. Eric ended up calling the police anonymously, then called our parents to come get us. When I got home, 
I went straight to my room and cried again. The image of that man flashed in my mind every second, though when my siblings asked me what was wrong, I'd come up with a lie. No one knows but us. The reason why I decided to finally get this out is because Denise contacted me on Facebook recently and we caught up. She then asked me if I remember that day at the park all those years ago. I told her that I did and that I'm still pretty messed up from that. She then tells me that a few years after that happened, after she graduated high school, she looked it up. The man was apparently a part of a shady group of people that the police had been after since the early 90s. Apparently, he stole thousands of dollars from their boss, and he was murdered for it. So yeah, pretty fucking intense. Hey everyone, before we begin on story number three, I wanted to give a trigger warning. The story isn't quite sexual assault, but it gets really close to it. And I just wanted to give a trigger warning, so if anyone wants to avoid that kind of thing, you can. There's also going to be a sponsor right before the story. If you don't care about any of that, let's continue. Hey everyone, apologies for the brief interruption on the scary stories, but I want to thank today's sponsor ShipStation for sponsoring today's episode. Online shopping isn't slowing down anytime soon. With ShipStation, you'll never have to worry about shipping again. Make the switch to a solution that handles all your shipping needs quickly, affordably, and painlessly. ShipStation is already trusted by over 100,000 e-commerce sellers. You can keep track of your orders from any sales channel, easily find the best shipping carrier with deeply discounted rates, and automate just about any shipping task with just a few clicks. I personally know a few people who have their own businesses on Instagram and Etsy, and their favorite thing about ShipStation is how easy it is to use and how much money they save. You can manage every order, whether it's Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or even your own website, from anywhere, even your phone. Ship more in less time with ShipStation. Use my offer code CANNIBAL to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free shipping. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in CANNIBAL. ShipStation. Make ship happen. My name is Divya, and I'm from India. I was around 10 years old back then when this story took place, and I was really naive. I'm 20 years old now, and whenever I think about this incident, it still sends chills down my spine. It's gonna be a long one, just to make you realize the real horror behind it. So without wasting too much time, here's my story. It was my brother's singing function but I got in an argument with my mom about choosing my outfit. I didn't get to wear the one that I wanted. She wanted me to wear something else, a red dress, and I was really upset and crying. My eyes got really red and my liner got smudged already. Believe me, this will be important later. I won't tell the exact location, but it was in a mall and during the time of Durga Puja, our biggest festival. There were many other shows going on as well, and there were candies at some points in the mall. As I was in a really bad mood, my mom insisted that I go play with the other kids that were there, also roaming around. Being an introvert, I didn't really want to go, but when I saw two characters, a Joker and a Mini, coming for their go, I went up to the Mini as Jokers always creeped me out. I had tried to play with them at first, 
as they were surrounded by other kids within minutes, and I was so upset and I just wanted to lift my mood. Minnie was really great, and it was nice to me. It was playing with me, while the Joker also tried to make me laugh. I was really enjoying it, and I forgot all about my bad mood. Suddenly, the Minnie asked me to come with him to go get some candy. I reluctantly said okay, as I didn't want to go far from my mom and brother. He led me downstairs while then telling me some bullshit about the candy. He then gave me some candy from one of the spots in the mall. He then asked me to follow him again to go get some more chocolate candy. I ended up going, and as I said, I was really naive. This is when he then took us to the basement of the mall. There was really only a few people down there, as everyone else was on the second or third floor for the programs. Some kids followed us down there and then started asking him questions. He answered some of them, then said he wanted to take me to this one other room, with him then saying that he wanted to show me his real face. One other girl of age maybe five or six wanted to see his face, so she asked to enter with him, but he denied it and then insisted that I go with him. He took my hand and we went into the room. Now whenever I think about this, I just feel so stupid. He then proceeded to lock the door. Now the locks were on the upper side of the door, so it was unreachable for me. My heartbeat got faster and I was starting to panic a little. Still though, I was trying to be positive as he didn't really seem harmful to me. He asked me to help him with his mask so that he could remove it and then reveal his face to me. I was so afraid and just wanted to go back to my mom, and I thought if I did what he said, I would get to go back to my mom sooner. He revealed his face. I can still remember every detail of the situation. Even as I'm typing this, every hair on my neck is standing. I still get goosebumps. I was just about half his height. He faced me in the room and then sat in front of me, bending his knees. He then asked me if he could kiss me. Just imagine that. I was a kid and he was so close to me, away from everyone else. There was no one else in the basement of the mall. I was all alone with them. I couldn't speak a word and he then started kissing me. You're probably all thinking why didn't I scream or resist, but I was frozen in fear and even if I shouted or resisted, no one would even be there to help me. He then went on to kiss my neck and once more on my lips. Being a 10-year-old child, this was an absolute nightmare becoming true. Then you won't believe what he asked me to do. He then asked me to undress myself. I denied him. He was trying to make me do it, although he wasn't doing anything forcefully. And I'm really thankful for that, as if he did, I don't think I would have had any other options. I then started begging for him to just let me go, but he was like, Come on. Let me kiss you down there and I'll leave you alone. I almost started crying and then suddenly there was then a knock at the door. He then immediately put his mask back on and then opened it just a tiny little bit. There standing at the door was the Joker. I was just praying and just thought I had no choice as if this guy wasn't enough. He brought the Joker inside and I then got to know that the Joker was his brother. The guy then removed his mask again and he asked me to do that again, and at that point I was crying and just begging him to let me go already. Meanwhile, I could hear my brother's voice singing a song, and I told him I want to listen to his song, but he just denied me and then begged me again and again. Luckily, the Joker, who I was afraid of at first, 
then asked his brother to let me go. Though I could tell he didn't want to, he agreed to do it anyway, and he opened the door. I just ran and ran all the way down the hallway, then up the stairs. When I got back to the show, my mom then asked me where I had been, but I didn't say a word to her. I just wanted to go back home as soon as my brother was done. As I was really close to my brother, I told him this story after about three to four years. I've never told this story to anyone else other than my brother, and he told my mom later. It was only among us, but now I've told you as well. This was more than any nightmare I've ever had. As I always say, humans are more scarier and way harmful than ghosts. This incident left a deep scar on me, which I can never forget. And unfortunately, this wasn't the last time of such experiences, but this was definitely the most horrifying. If you want to hear my other stories, I'll tell those too. But that's for another time. I think the kids should be taught more about stranger danger at school as well as at home. And for all the kids out there listening to this, never, ever believe any strangers, even the ones being nice to you. Because in the end, it's probably just a mask hiding their true dark intentions, and it's just not worth it.